0: Hello and welcome back to the Miss Amanda Chen show. Thanks for joining me for the seventh installment of the 100 masked men series, where I interview men from all walks of life about what masculinity means to them and how relationships are like in 2020. If you've already listened to the previous episode, then you know that this week we are focusing on the LGBTQ community and talking to two gay men. I've learned so much from my conversations with these guys about getting over traditional expectations of what a relationship should be, about the negative stereotypes that exist in the gay community and the importance of family and self-acceptance. The seventh masked man is Mr. Monogamy. In this episode, we dig a little deeper in what I would look at as your picture perfect gay man you might see in the movies. He's handsome, has a great job, has an equally beautiful husband, and of course they have a dog together. He shares his story on becoming the role model he never had growing up the stigma against monogamy and marriage amongst most gay couples and rebuilding the relationship with his parents after coming out. And of course, we get the full scoop on how they found each other and keep things spicy in the bedroom. I hope you enjoy the show. I wanted to start by asking you, because how long have you been in your relationship now?
1: Ooh, that's been a long time. I want to say we met when, I want to say we've been together about seven years. Seven, maybe eight.
0: Like in totality? And then when did you get married again?
1: We got married a couple of years ago. Yeah. So that's included. But it was like, wow, that's been a long time now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could round it up to 10. To be honest, that's what it feels like. But,
0: really? You
1: know. Yeah, it's been a freaking long time. Oh, my God. But um,
0: yeah. Can you remind me how you guys met? Because I feel like you guys spoke like before, you know, Grindr and Tinder and all that stuff was made, right? So it was like on MySpace right? <laughs> no.
1: Um, so it's funny. Uh, the story goes is that I was a newly uh, out young guy who wanted to meet other guys. Right. And I was trying to kind of hook up with this one guy uh, who is now a really close friend. I will <laughs> not say his name, but it was funny because I was trying to hang out him with him on New Year's and he was driving somewhere to a party and he picked me up. Uh, and in the back seat, was my partner. And I, we didn't talk. We didn't know this was like, this is how we met first until maybe like a year later. Cause he had reminded me like, when did we meet? And it's like, oh wait, i he said to me, I'm, I, you were that guy that jumped into the front seat of, of this person's car and I didn't say hi or anything, but, and I was like, oh really? So long story short, you know, after a couple of like relationships that were happening at the same time we've we which we both broke off of we ended up hanging out together and kind of like driving and getting along so much so that we started hanging out a lot.
0: How long was that on and off phase of like you guys were kind of talking and then you're also hooking up with different people like do you guys talk openly about all the people you're hooking up with?
1: For us, for us it was like It wasn't a lot of people, but he knew I was in a relationship when he had first met me. And apparently I had some reputation, which is hilarious, but I feel like I did not have a reputation. (laughs) You're young, you want to experience life. And I don't think anyone should shame you for wanting to experiment and, you know, just getting to know yourself, both in and out of relationships and with people, sexually or not sexually, you know. We were really open. And I feel like even to today, we we strive to be really open about communicating about this stuff because it's a sore subject, right? Like monogamy between gay relationships is, you know, something maybe I think of the past and still a lot of friends of mine I know now are in open relationships, which is really cool. And I totally respect and and get like, it's an amazing thing. But for us, it was like, we were, I think he was still in a relationship for about half a year and so was I before we started kind of just like casually hanging out and when we had broken things off with our significant other at that time. And then I think it just kind of came around to a year later that we were like, okay, let's let's give this a shot or at least for me, I was, I can't speak for him, but like, I, I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I really like you. And I think this feeling that I'm having is different than the previous ones that I've had. It's not just about kind of hooking up with this person and like, that's it. Like it was like, I actually kind of wanted to spend more time with him, like whatever that was.
0: How did you know what that difference was? Like you, you just wanted more of him in your life or you imagined yourselves together versus like, you know, the fun time stuff from the other guys. Like, how did you know the difference?
1: I think the the biggest difference was that I could really be myself. Like I wasn't trying to be something that I wasn't, or at least I didn't have to hide my like quirks, which I don't, I don't really have any, but you know, I felt like I could just be me like Mm -hmm. bottom line. And with the other guys I had previously, you know, one of them was very like in the closet, very secretive. So I felt like I couldn't be myself around this person and -hmm. we couldn't be ourselves in public. Uh, And also like having mutual friends, who both knew us like that also kind of feel, I feel like help, you know, sort of like, okay, this is, this is like sort of thing between us. And then that, that thing kind of led to a bubble of friends that I'm very close with now. We're all gay in, in relationships. So it's kind of like, to circle back to your point, I think I knew he was the one when I felt like I didn't need to chase him. He was a person that was trying to chase me. Because I feel like a lot of the relationships I had previously, I was the guy chasing Mm. this other person. And he and they may not have had the same feelings, uh, which is completely fine. I think at the time I was like a lot more emotional about it. But for him, it was like, I remember this moment, we were uh, hanging out with a friend of his and we were like at this like bowling alley up in Markham. And it's like, it was like cinematic, almost like very dark lights, like almost uh, kind of like glowing and then he was kind of like throwing a bowling ball I know this is gonna sound super cheesy oh my
0: he was god he's <laughs> throwing a
1: bowling bar ball and then he turned around and looked at me and I looked at him and I was like wow I'm actually really feeling you and this is like really weird for me because I didn't get sort of that movie-esque moment until I met him and until I until that moment so it was at that point where I knew I was like okay I I think you're the one And it wasn't until like maybe three months later did we start saying like love to each other too. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, what what is the dynamic? Because in the hetero world, it's usually the guy chasing the girl and the girl being chased. And when the roles are reversed, when the girl's chasing the guy, he just feels like emasculated or it's not worth it. Like he didn't earn her. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. when you appreciated that your partner chased you, what was the difference? Because like do you not seek the validation of wanting to chase and? claim and win that person
1: I had previously tried to chase someone a couple people and it was almost to the point where I was kind of like kind of like stressing myself out about it and I didn't really like that and it wasn't like I wasn't focusing on me necessarily and what I want to do and, and that that's different for everybody else right like if you could say you were chasing someone you really want. Like there's that type of person you want and you want to go for that person and that's completely fine. And for me, I think after I had like two pretty rough relationships, I was like, I need some me time and I need to focus on, you know, healing and my mental health and finding a job, I think at the time too. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's like kind of like that age old thing where it's like, when you stop uh, looking is when you find that person and like, I kind of feel like that was sort of how things went with him. Is like, I wasn't looking at him initially or looking for someone like him. And then he came into my life and kind of made things a little brighter uh, and a little more interesting and fun. And so... I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Let's let's try and hang out more. Let's try and you know go places and eat, watch movies, whatever. Uh, I think I think there is a fair amount of chase equally in the uh, homosexual world as as the heterosexual world. But we've ha- we've had this talk about like masculinity and femininity, mm-hmm. and obviously like there's standards like top and bottom in relationships and in, in gay relationships anyway. For him, it was like he felt like the person, he felt like more of a feminine person, but not feminine per se, uh, in a way, it's just like, he felt like he was the one kind of being courted, I guess. And for me, you know, I had been, again, chasing chasing other guys. And for me, it was kind of nice to get someone who was chasing me back instead, who was really interested to hang out, and I was attracted to, uh, and it was like, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of that.
0: Would you say, I'm just curious, with you chasing the guys before, would you say that those guys were more masculine and then your partner now was more feminine, so there was more of a balance? That's a good question.
1: I want to say there was, I mean, especially the closeted guy, he was very uh, masculine, which was very attractive to me. He was, you know, he was, uh, again, in the closet. He was. He wore a lot of, like, really nice uh, high-end, like, streetwear. He was... He had piercings, Chinese and Filipino too, which is what I am. And I was just like, man, this guy checks off a lot of boxes that I like. The only problem was, is that, you know, he was in the closet. And then the other previous relationship to that, he was also in the closet, but he wanted to break free and be open and hold hands in public and kiss in public. And it was like almost too much because it was like my first big relationship. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so I didn't mind chasing at the start but I think after chasing them and then also probably like many guys in between, I was like, I'm going to take a step back, uh, assess what I really like value. And then uh, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of when he came into my life. He was, you know, refreshing because he wasn't trying to uh, hide anything. I guess the best, best way to explain. He was just him. Like he, he loved having fun and hanging out. And I think, we joked about it when we first started seeing each other he would drive after work almost like every other day Uh, I lived in Markham he was living in Ajax at the time he would just drive every other day just to hang out for like an hour and I'm like you wasted a lot of gas to just hang out with me and he's like yeah but we also like wasted a lot of money on food but it's all good we're married now
0: (laughs) oh so how did who proposed and how long was it between the engagement to the to the wedding
1: there was no proposal and okay. no engagement. We actually had been talking about getting married for, I say, a couple years. Just kind of like on and off. Uh, he would actually send me like ring emojis, uh, like randomly, like out of nowhere, like middle of the day sent to me. And I would be looking at him like, why did you just send me like a ring? And he's like, in my phone. And he's like, oh, I didn't send that at all. Like playing dumb, like nothing happened. <laughs> but yeah, and so... I think after talking about it and us not wanting to spend a lot of of money on actual typical uh, traditional, I should say, mm-hmm. wedding stuff, we're like, let's just fucking get married. You know, I love you, you love me, and that's when we decided, like, yeah, let's just, just do a city hall wedding, and yeah, that's that's what happened.
0: So, is there a lot of controversy in the gay community on whether or not people agree? with marriage or not because you know it it was created for a hetero relationship so do you think like you're Mm. sticking yourself into those norms or do you think you are making your own version within the constructs of marriage
1: I do think that there is a lot of controversy with marriage I think traditionally it was a way to correct me if I'm wrong but you know start a family and like the old days man would own the woman kind of thing Uh, And it was not necessarily built around church, but it was built around government in a way. I don't know if I'm right in saying that. But from my experience, I think because of how the LGBT have been oppressed for, like, God knows how long, we just wanted the same rights as heterosexual people. So, like, getting married and having those abilities to have those benefits it is i think bottom line it was just like equality it's like we just wanted the same rights as everybody else i think is the the simplest way we can say and being a married person you know i was like oh maybe i I have a couple friends who don't believe in marriage who Mm -hmm. don't want to get married but they've been together like 10 years and they're in an open relationship and i'm like that's amazing i don't think there's one set mold for any type of relationship and I think that's a beautiful thing I used to think oh my god I need to meet a girl I need to get married I need to have kids have all these things by the time I was 30 I'm 32 now and it was just like none of that happened you know I mean I still got married I have a I have a dog instead of a kid like I and I kind of don't want kids it is kind of what you said it's like we kind of wanted to do what felt right to us and that was marriage that was being together in sort of that fashion and we talked about it too like having an open relationship with each other as well it was like time timing and energy and responsibilities i mean like we got uh, our our dog at the time too so it was kind of like a big investment mm-hmm. emotionally in our relationship like you don't get a dog to just end up breaking it off or you don't have kids to break it off and that has happened before so it does add a bit of stress to the relationship in the end we we know we love each other we have feelings for each other and we don't want to spend any other time trying to find somebody else we even talked about if if we ever broke off what would happen i told him at least for me is like i probably wouldn't be in another relationship because this has been the longest uh, most invested uh, most valuable relationship i've had so if things didn't end well Bottom line: If we ever break up, we will still be friends. We will still love each other. And if we do break it off, I'm just gonna not necessarily be single, but for lack of a better word, be single. Kind of like focus on myself and what I want to do creatively, what I want to do career-wise, all that.
0: So, like, this is it for you on the relationship front. And then if it didn't work out, Mm -hmm. it's it's okay because you've already kind of done it, and that was that was the person you chose.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like when you invest a lot in somebody you know you are putting your time and effort into that person and your feelings your emotions all all of it but it's not to say that you know that relationship is going to work out the end of the day it's like it is a lot of work to make things especially when it comes to like money and bills and and buying groceries and all that stuff, especially in the time of COVID now, where people have lost their jobs or were working reduced hours. And, and for my partner, he is working reduced hours. So like that's a whole nother layer uh, to being with somebody, uh, not to mention being married and have, having kids or having dogs, whatever.
0: There is conventional stereotypes of a gay couple. Mm. Would you associate yourself with that? Do you get judgment of that? Because I would say that you guys look like the conventional gay couple that everyone wants on TV, you know, like the, I don't know, like the hot cute couple that everyone <laughs> likes, you know what I mean? Like the, the easy palatable the one. one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And like you guys both look um, the same and you guys like dress the same. And it's like cute two peas in a pod kind of concept. You know what I mean? Is that like a, it's funny. That,
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I take as a compliment, you know, I try to dress the way I want and I work out obviously and I try to maintain my health as much as possible more now than ever being a <laughs> being looked at as a conventional gay couple I, I think it's I think it's great you know I didn't have anybody to look up to or look at or strive for when I was you know younger I didn't have an idea of what a healthy gay relationship was there's so many shows on TV now even gay ones where like gay guys are meeting other gay guys, but it's like toxic and volatile or whatever. We're just being ourselves. Like we're not trying to be social media influencers or that type of couple on Instagram. That judgment has more or less just been like, oh, you're one of those types of couples. Like you're not in the open relationship type of people. And and it's not that. It's like we're totally open to talking about who we've been with, what we like sexually what we don't like sexually I think it's a healthy thing to be able to talk about those things with your partner because if you're just kind of like hiding those truths away or hiding those like on that honesty you're gonna get nowhere I think for us if people are looking at us as the conventional gay couple that's fine you know (laughs) I can't control I I can't control what you think of me because that's your pride whatever but I can control how I am and how I act and how know what i put out there how much i put out and that's that's the bottom line it's like you shouldn't care what other people think if you like me great if you don't like me cool i don't really care just be yourself be yourself love who you want to love uh and love in whatever way you want to love
0: why why is there judgment on monogamy for gay couples is it because everyone wants to fuck each other like
1: (laughs) well i think it stems from that (laughs) Absolutely. No. Uh, You know, it is a very well, I mean, again, going back to the marriage thing, it's Mm -hmm. like it is a very traditionally heterosexual law abiding church driven kind of thing. Gay guys, or at least the home, the the LGBT world seems to clash with that whole ideal, right? Because if you're in if you're a same sex partner, you can't be married to that person or it's like it's unreligious, yada, yada. I feel like because of how things are moving now, people are becoming more open to relationships or, or open relationships, I should say. And that's really cool. I think I talked about this with a friend of mine who, has, who was, who's the couple that have been dating for a while, for a long time, I think it was like seven, eight years. They said it in a way that I was like, oh wow, that is interesting. It's like, you don't need one person to fulfill every role. And not to say that's sort of like a requirement to relationship at all. I think, you know, things have, again, been changing. So who you love and how you love is is whatever you want it to be. But for him, it was like he was looking for more of, of like sexual exploration away from his partner and not to say that his, his partner wasn't fulfilling that, but it was like both of them wanted to experiment and both of them wanted to try new things. And both of them are open to sharing that with each other, and I think that's really cool.
0: So, how do you keep things exciting in the bedroom if it's just you two and we're in, you know, lockdown? How do you spice it up? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's been so uh, long. I think, right? Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. There are uh, marriage is is no way to have more sex. I should say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, if anything, it's probably least less sex. Don't quote me on that. You know, it's fun to spice things up and for us it is uh, we watch porn together if we want to we do fool around like weekly still like it's and it's surprising because i've i know i'm i guess maybe i'm one of the lucky ones who i'm still very easily attracted to him like i haven't lost that but i've heard you know a lot of other couples who do lose the steam who do lose uh the the feelings for each other and then end up you know looking for somebody else i think it's important i think it's healthy to you know, if you're not having sex with your partner and it, and it's like dragging you down, you gotta talk about that. You can't hide those feelings. You know, you can't hide those um, emotions from him, like him or her, I should say. You gotta just share them, be open. Cause like, that's the only way you'll be at peace with yourself at the end of the day. That's only the way you'll get some probably, <laughs> you know, it's it's very much that.
0: Okay. Has it been harder? since lockdown in terms of your relationship? Was there a strain on it at all? Just the fact that you're like around each other more than regular?
1: Uh, I guess I'm not like the best example for this because my partner (laughs) still does go to work every day. So I get home, you know, all to myself. So it's, it's, yeah, it's fine. But I think COVID has brought us closer. I think it's made us more intimate with each other, you know, and, and we value the time that we do get to just chill in bed, you know, whether it's like watching a show, cuddling, fooling around, whatever, those times are really amazing. And it's, it's like, it's nice to think about because I didn't think I would be here 10 years ago. If you told me I would be married in a really happy, healthy relationship, uh, I would have laughed at you.
0: Yeah. That's so different than, mm-hmm. uh, than what your normal route would have been. Right. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. would you say that marriage was, or having a family was a big deal? in your family growing up? Like that was the aim for everybody in your family, in his family?
1: Yeah, yeah, so his family not so much, I think because he's the youngest of, of three brothers, Okay. which is great for him. So he kind of was like the, he had two other brothers that had kids already, had, had families, uh, so he was kind of free to do what he wanted. For me, I'm the oldest of me and my sister, I always had that sort of traditional Asian upbringing where it was like the father wants you to get into something like law or medicine or science or, you know, whatnot. And I ended up being the kid who loved art. And so the talk of like marriage and kids, I feel like they always wanted me to be straight. They always wanted me to have a wife and kids. I don't know if you want to get into it, but the whole, coming out thing was a huge blow to them at first
0: how did they receive it came out
1: um pretty roughly yeah my my parents received my coming out pretty roughly Um, my mother blamed herself uh, and I don't know why she blamed herself because it, it is one of those things where it's just that's how you feel deep down that's how you feel naturally and and that's your honest truth for my father, it was it was like almost visceral. He joked about it at first, uh, laughed like he was some kind of joke, and then he actually asked if I was being serious, and I said yes, very nervously. And this was like actually all at like a, at a dinner we were having as a family, and then he got angry, and then started dry he crying. He, and I later found out that was because he was blaming himself, also. And long story short, that healing process was a is, was a ten year journey. I think one of the things that did help was that the person I was that I ended up with, because I didn't I didn't meet my partner until maybe like a few years later after I came out, that because he was Asian, it was almost like they were okay with it. And the other two guys that I had previously been with one was black and then the other one was Asian, but he didn't really, they didn't really meet him all that much. He was just really quiet and reserved. But yeah, to, to circle back to your point, like, they initially did not see my, my coming out at all. It was, I was actually almost afraid I was going to get kicked out of the house. And to my like stupid 21, 22 year old self, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm going to go against everything that they've taught me right now. And I was trying to rebel in a little bit. And it was huge because I used to go to church with them like almost every Sunday. And I said, I'm not going to go to church anymore. And it was kind of like upsetting my mom. It wasn't received well. It took a lot of healing and a lot of space. I moved away from my parents' place, which is where I was living at the time. And now they completely accept me. Now they completely are in love with who I've become. But also, my partner as well, like they love him too. And it's just like, it's such a crazy thing to think about. You know, time heals a lot of things and it lets people open up and lets people understand your truth.
0: So, when you said that they blame themselves, did they ever tell you why they blame themselves? Like, I think with Asian culture, they blame themselves because maybe people are gonna make fun of you, it's gonna be dangerous for you to like navigate through life you know, like whatever they think is a handicap, which is basically anything that's not normal, right? Was it more of that, like that they were afraid that you were, your growth will be stunted because of this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. My mother, she was the first to say why. And as because of, of you know, yeah, like LGBTs have been have been targeted in the past and are still targeted in some countries to this day. It's like you can be killed or beat to death just because you're gay. And so she was afraid that, you know, I would experience something like that and I would get hurt. And for my father, it was just not something he understood. I should say both of them grew up Catholic. Both of them grew up from like traditional families. My father sort of like I kind of expected it. You know, again, going back to like the whole traditional Asian parent thing, it's like you have a family to have kids and those kids are supposed to have kids so that they can take care of you when you're old kind of thing. That's the scenario. And it was just a big shock to him because it was like, my son isn't who I envisioned him to be. And I, and I don't take any offense to that. You know, it's like when you grow up in that world, that is, that is what your sort of like framework is for your life. You get a good job after going to school for how many years, become stable. Stable is like the biggest word in any in, in Asian family. Stability.
0: So how do you connect now with your dad? Because he said he didn't really understand your life. Like did he try to understand? After
1: after that 10 years, we had still been speaking. Like during this time we were still talking. We were still coming to terms with things or at least in the few years and then gradually it became more and more understanding. And I want to say within about five years, my father kind of started to accept who I was and accept that the fact that I was seeing guys because I had a stable job, because I had money coming, in, because I had moved away and I wasn't suffering. Because I think that it was the biggest scare for him. Is like, I don't know if, if somehow being gay meant not being stable or not having opportunity. I told myself as soon as I came out, I was like, I don't want this to weigh on them. I don't want them to worry about me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I need to do to support myself. To make a career for myself and make them proud for what I can accomplish regardless of my sexuality and that was the goal as soon as I uh, moved away which was like almost a year after and he came around to it he was uh, I guess proud in a way that he started to tell his coworkers that I was gay and my mom also kind of told her coworkers that I was gay and they were like super proud of me and so it was it's like there are some things that you kind of can't get around with parents money job stability like that those are the big things it, they do help I feel like when it comes to coming out to your parents I mean I, I think it's different nowadays a lot of other parents are probably way more accepting 10 years ago it, it was still very much and I still feel like it was something that maybe wasn't as accepted
0: yeah, for sure. I think we've come a long way in the last 10 years, for sure. Cool. Um, I just want to wrap up with one last question. We talked about a lot of things from like, you know, masculine, feminine roles to, you know, coming out to marriage. What topics jumped out to you the most that you'd like me to invite another man to elaborate on in another episode?
1: Well, I think prior to this, so if you were talking about masculinity and I think masculinity has evolved. You know, traditionally I thought of masculinity as my like my father you know he's strong he's reliable he's a provider in a way and now in today's world you know masculinity isn't limited to those things yes it still involves those but you know a strong masculine man can also be a very feminine man too like they can have both qualities to sort of like center this more in in the gay world it's like masculinity is is something that maybe has been talked about a lot before
0: i feel like you describe masculinity in a positive way you know like you guys prefer mask mm-hmm. guys over femme guys right versus i think in the hetero world it's all like pussy power right now right so it's like a whole different vibe yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and it's it's almost like a masculinity like it's a, it's like a, an attack on masculinity in the in the straight form it's not the same for you guys i guess is there ah, a balance?
1: Th- that's a that's a good Appreciate question manhood i'm gonna try and like <laughs> my brain fog here uh i think masculinity in the the lgbt world is something still very prominent and something still very sought after especially in you know guys for relationships and I think that's terrible because not to say I'm not attracted to femme guys at all and I don't respect them I completely respect them I'm completely open to them and I think everyone should be open to meeting different people of any you know sort of gender whatever they may be because again like for me I believe it's a spectrum and I and I think that's a again a beautiful thing you don't have to be one thing you don't have to be this you don't have to be that no one is telling you no one should be telling you anyway I should say to be something you're not And so, in comparison to what you're saying, like in the hetero world, it's all pussy power, and I think that's amazing. Like, I think women have, you know, been oppressed as for the longest amount of time, and they're getting tracks like WAP from like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion to take ownership of that power and to take ownership of who they are and their body and their, you know, their femininity, and putting it out there like guys were doing in raps for like the longest fucking time. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it is, it's a time of change. You know, you need to be open to to these things. You need to accept people for who they are and not oppress them and put them into boxes all the time. You know, that's, and I think that's super important. And so to like circle all the way back to your like point, I would, I would invite, you know, someone to talk about that and sort of that change in the world. It's like how femininity is now more stronger than ever more sought after now than ever and i think it's really cool
0: yeah i think like this whole conversation in general was about that balance you know instead of trying to be whatever is the best credentials in the box and get everything checked off it's more just finding yourself right and Mm. and then finding people around you that support that right
1: yeah absolutely
0: cool thank you so much for this no problem sorry that was like (laughs) oh my god it's so funny i haven't like I haven't heard your story in so long you know
1: yeah I I think for I don't know if you need to use this or at all it's like if anyone's listening to this you know love yourself love who you are accept who you are don't try to be something you're not just be you that's all anyone can ask for
0: yeah and I think that's unfortunately harder than it sounds so
1: Yes, absolutely. I know there's so much like, there's like a whole other layer to like everything. It's like social media pressure, you know, like getting approval from people, even though you're not saying you want approval from people. It's just like the world is fucked up now, especially with, I think actually that's a good topic you probably could approach is like the social media, I guess, look of it. You know, it's like you were kind of, you were kind of dipping into it with like us kind of Looking like the conventional couple, and I think that's something interesting that you could talk about because you know there are a lot of more Instagram couples out there who are like shirtless all the time and have like <laughs> an eight pack, and their their partners also like shirtless and eight pack. And we, it's funny, like me and me and my partner, we'll we'll joke. It's like we like a lot of the same guys on Instagram, <laughs> and we'll actually show that to each other. I don't yeah. know. If, okay, this is like this is the whole thing. I've seen like partners like hide their phones away when they're like looking at something that they really yes. like on Instagram that's probably like a shirtless guy or a hot girl just share that with your partner you know if you guys are comfortable with each other and you guys are open with each other you should be able to do that you should be able to say I like that person I think that person's hot and so should your partner
0: yeah I think that'll the bush <laughs> jealousy and shame thing is is problematic yeah
1: yeah jealousy and shame are tired they're last year
0: <laughs> we're over Not that probably. now
1: we're over that we're into (laughs) 2021 now
0: almost almost awesome well thanks so much for this it's time to pack up the jealousy and shame when we wrap up 2020 in a couple of weeks i'm glad we covered how important open communication is in building a healthy and long-lasting relationship and even more importantly to ensure you are remaining authentic to yourself and not listening to the judgment of other people i fight for authenticity every day and i hope you join me in this relentless chase to live life on your own terms trust me You'll find the right people along the way. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you want to be on the show, slide into my DMs at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye for now.